and welcome to the Anton Shofar channel. Uh, we'll be doing a teaching called Christian Wishes and Jesus was a sorcerer of truth or myths or lies. Um, this is more or less almost like a oxymoron of a witch being a Christian. Um, but let's go ahead and go into our study to kind of see, is it truth? Is it myths or is it myths and, and lies? Or is, again, is it the actual, actual truth? Can a Christian be a witch? So we're gonna move on to scripture verse, uh, Ephesians chapter five, verse 11. When we do these type of teachings, um, this fits within the scriptures, what we're trying to do an attempt to expose darkness, but it reads, and have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but even reprove them rather. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to the next scripture, which be which would be Isaiah chapter five, verse 20 and 21, which reads, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. So this is very prevalent and definitely in the last days, what is evil, is being called good and what's good is being called evil. Um, it's even in the sense of what we know in Gnosticism, um, they celebrate what what biblically is looked up and down or looked as sin and rebellion. Um, with Gnosticism, these guys are looked at as the good guys. We take, for instance, like Cain, um, Korah, um, Balaam, all these different individuals are looked upon as heroes or the good guys. And then you look at people like Noah and other people that were righteous in the Bible as being bad. The same thing is nothing new under the sun. So as we can see, um, Wicca or witchcraft is one of the fastest growing um, religions in America. Um, Wicca is now the fastest growing religion in America, according to recent studies. Um, CBN.com article on Wicca, the fascination, or what's the fascination? It states a couple of key points that it makes. It says, as mainline Protestantism continues its de-evolution, the U.S. witch population is rising astronomically. They may now be more Americans who identify as practicing witches is 1.5 million than there are members of the mainline Presbyterian, which is 1.4 million. So it could be a lot of things that is occurring. Um, I will say this, that pretty much within the Christian church within America, um, people sometimes get tired of seeing the hypocrisy that goes on um, within the churches, 
people aren't living what the Bible says that they're supposed to be living. And then a lot of times you have these false teachers that are slick. Um, primarily they're in for um, gain. They're not really worried about um, the souls of men and women. And also, too, you have these slick false prophets that come in and prostitute the Bible and try to gain access to people's wallets and taking money uh, from people and living in any kind of way. So after a while, these people bring a reproach up on the name of the Lord. People get sick and tired of it and they find other sources of exploring different alternative ways of spirituality, which they go into um, witchcraft or the new age, or they go into Islam or um, Eastern religions like Buddhism or Hinduism and, you know, or just straight up um, paganism. So we can see a decline in the, the Christian church for a, a lot of reasons. And also too, sometimes people see a powerless church that's not really spirit filled, moving in the gifts of the spirit. And they wanna try to have some type of spiritual power without repentance and coming under the submission and the Lordship of Jesus Christ. They began to venture in to occult practices. Now here within our study, we're going to focus on the Christian Witches Convention. Um, this was supposed to be the second annual uh, Christian Witches Convention that was supposed to take place during, um, I say Resurrection Day or Passover. Some people like to say Easter, but during the Easter um, weekend, this is supposed to take place, um, the second annual uh, convention is supposed to take place in Salem, Massachusetts. Um, I believe it was canceled due to the fact with this pandemic that's going on with the coronavirus, it was canceled. Nevertheless, um, we're gonna dive in to see what the actual belief system within this Christian witches network. This is what I found interesting when um, researching this. Um, this is one of the things that they had on the website about the event and the convention. They said, hey, you, witchy wonder, welcome to the most fun you'll have on the planet. Earth with like-minded magical beings, witches, sorcerers, or sorcerers, wizards, warlocks, necromancers, readers, and more in Salem on Easter weekend. You're in for a magical weekend of your life. Keep in mind, though, the convention caters to Christian witches. We welcome and honor all people in all faith walks. We are our open arms, global community. As long as you come in love and peace, you are welcome to join us for the magical weekend of Witchy Wonder in Salem. So a couple of things that stand out in regards to this. Um, number one, they mentioned several different forbidden practices that are listed within the scriptures. Um, you have wizards, you have uh, necromancers, um, you have uh, witches, and then also too, you can see the ecumenical um, drive, the welcoming all people of all faith. So 
instead of being it's exclusive, it's inclusive. So it in, includes, um, it's very ecumenical. So it includes all faiths and all walks in regards to this. We look at Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 9 through 12, which contradicts what um, this convention was supposed to take place. They had the first convention in last year. Um, this names all the forbidden practices, but this convention was promoting all the forbidden practices, what the scripture says. It says, when thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you any one that maketh his son or daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth divination, or observer of times, or enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or consult with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all that do these things are abomination unto the Lord. Because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out before thee. So pretty much what the Christian witches, what they represent and all that's included within that group, um, the word of God says it's an abomination. Let's move on. So when we look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 through 20, it says, and Jesus says, do not think that I come to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from the law until it is accomplished. Whoever then annuls one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps them and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will not enter in the kingdom of heaven. So, number one, Jesus says that he did not come to abolish or to destroy the law of the prophets. He came to actually fulfill it. So. That being said, you have a lot of people who try to divide the word of God and they try to say that um, the God of the Old Testament was an um, evil, mean God that killed everybody. That doesn't apply to the New Testament and Jesus came and Jesus loves everybody and um, it's, it's not the same. No, Jesus came from the Father. He came from Yahweh, and he came to offer salvation unto mankind. He came to offer grace that we may be able, we saved by grace through faith. So he enabled us to come to God the Father, and then once we're saved, we're able to come boldly to, to the throne. But if you're listening to what these Christian witches are saying, you can continue to do all these practices and still be a Christian. It's it's a contradiction. Um, it's definitely an oxymoron. 
um, when you're looking at this and when you're looking at it based upon scriptures, um, scriptures interpret scriptures. You don't try to interject your own interpretations of the scriptures to make it fit your lifestyle. Um, if it contradicts scripture, then something is wrong. What do Christian witches believe in? All right, that's a good question. Let's go ahead and move into what um, they really believe in. The first annual Christian witches convention is set to be hosted in Salem, Massachusetts this April will feature international recognized prophet Calvin Witcher, who agrees with the convention host Valerie Love that Jesus was a sorcerer and the Bible is really a book of magic. Now, um, pretty much we're going to be looking at the very first uh, convention, Christian witches convention that they had it really sets the foundation of some of the beliefs that they have. And primarily within these next couple of slides, we'll be focusing on Calvin Witcher and the host Valerie Love, um, faces of, of this group. But I find it very interesting that they say that Jesus was a sorcerer and the Bible is really a book of magic, which again, is a contradiction but let's go ahead and dive in and see what some of the other beliefs that they have. The Reverend Valerie Love, the force behind the event, who describes herself as a practicing Christian witch, an ordained minister of spiritual consciousness, recently launched the Covenant of Christian Witches Mystery School to help Christians tap into magic, which critics are condemning as dangerous. She insists there is nothing wrong with the idea of Christians uh, practicing magic despite biblical warnings against it. So again, she's taking, inverting lies, lining up lies or error with, with truth. So yeah, you can be a Christian, but you can still um, practice magic. There's nothing wrong with it even though definitely throughout the word of God, even all the way up into the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, it condemns witchcraft. In an extended um, discussion with Witcher approximately two months ago on reconciling the practice of witchcraft in Christianity, Witcher whose website says he brings God's messages to humanity through a powerful teaching and training, allowing non-traditional followers to hear the divine voice of hope and said the Bible is a huge book of sorcery. So I don't know how the Bible can be actually a book of sorcery, so, so they say, but it's not like the Bible has a bunch of um, scriptures that shows how you can cast spells and um, do incantations and invoke and evoke um, spirits and all. But let's go ahead and read on. Asked to elaborate on what he meant. This is um, on Witcher. Um, he pointed to miracles um, from Jesus' adult ministry as clear examples of sorcery. You're, take, or you're talking about sorcery at its base, understanding it's really just being 
able to change natural by supernatural means. That's really it. It's an alchemical process. It's to say that you turn water into wine, one or two fish and loaves or five loaves of bread feeding the multitude absolutely forms of sorcery. Walking on water define the natural realm laws that govern this physical plane. That's all the realms of sorcery. Magic is simply just using props to do it. He contended. Love revealed previously that she was a born a witch, but was forced to stifle her identity as Jehovah Witness from the age four to 30 when she finally left the cult. So I'm gonna stop right there. So she went from being in a cult of the Jehovah Witness, which is a spirit of Antichrist because they denied that Jesus came in the flesh. They denied that Jesus actually died, manifested in the flesh to actually becoming a Christian occultist going into witchcraft. Um, she told Witcher in their convention that she wasn't taught how to do things that Jesus did such as raising the dead, even though Christ declared that those who follow him would do greater works than he did um, in John chapter 14, verse 12. So again, it's how ironic how the devil uses scripture to try to twist people. So they're incorporating scripture within the occult. Witcher, who describes himself as a believer in Christ, who still speaks with tongues from his background in the Pentecostal church, said, the scripture has haunted me and agreed that they were both still working on getting up to Jesus' level. So here's Witcher, still speaks in tongues. Now, a lot of charismatic circles and Pentecostal circles, um, they'll stay to you, what is it? What is the initial evidence of receiving the Holy Spirit? They'll tell you speaking in tongues, but you have to beware of that because I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. I speak in tongues. I believe in all the other gifts of the Spirit, um, gift of healing, um, prophecy, uh, discerning the spirits, but you have to be able to discern what spirit somebody is uh, under when they're speaking in tongues. Because it's a known fact, you can go um, in Eastern religion within Hinduism. Um, people people can speak in tongues within people within the occult practices when um, invoking a spirit. They can speak in tongues. Also, too, within certain mystical parts of Islam, they speak in tongues. Now, is it from the Holy Spirit? No. So you have to be aware of that. So he still speaks in tongues. So if he was to show up in an average Pentecostal or charismatic church, and they would say, well, wow, he's um, he is a believer because he speaks in tongues. And that sure enough is the evidence. Going back to Islam, this Sufi, Sufi Islam and Sufi Islam is more myst more mystical or mysticism. So yeah, um, Sufis, some Sufis can speak in tongues. So let's go ahead and move on. 
um, in regards to Witcher's background. He says, my background is in Pentecostalism, really set me up for a good foundation. We had tools, we did anointing oils, prayer shawls, demonology was taught very regularly, at least in my circles. So those conversations were not weird. We talked on the gifts of the spirit going into magic was a very easy say. The only thing that it did was expand that particular power outside that particular practice. He said of his full entry into the realm of magic. So the difference between Witcher and Love, Love was in a cult which is which is actually the Jehovah Witness and got into witchcraft. Witcher sounds like he came from a biblical-based church who de departed from the faith and dove into the occult arts. Let's move on. Among the rituals he, Witcher, and his community have conducted, he said, are money magic and warding off entities that we don't necessarily want to work with at that particular time. Love said she believes that it's only natural for Christianity and witchcraft to be integrated, while Witcher argues that church leaders teach against it to keep people as slaves. The interesting thing is, most of the time when people come against magic, sorcery, mysticism, the occult, you name it, the New Age community, they are not really coming against the Bible because the Bible honestly doesn't teach that when you understand it and break it down, he said, the Bible is not against magic. The Bible is a magic book. The Bible is a grigamore hands down. So he's equating the Bible to, uh, uh, which is Grigamore, um, which when we look at, continue looking at the scriptures within this lesson, it totally contradicts what Witcher is talking about. That's why as believers in Christ, you need to be established in a Bible-believing church, which is going to disciple you and help you rightfully divide the word of God. That way you're not being duped. Some person like this, you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And then you're in something that's totally contradicts the word of God and you're on the wrong side of Jesus. You're still in the kingdom of darkness. You're not in um, the kingdom of God. First Timothy, Chapter 4, verse 1 through 2, it says, The Spirit clearly says that in the latter times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose conscience have been seared and with a hot iron. So that's 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. So here's a prime example, because we've been talking about Valerie Love and Calvin Witcher, but this is a prime example when people begin to depart from the faith and start to um, 
be overtaken by doctrines of devils or doctrines of demons and seducing spirits. Um, this headlines, Atlanta church hires psychic medium, Lakara Foster to minister to congregation. Now this came out several months ago, but this also shows you the mindset of what's going on, what's taking place, which Second Thessalonians chapter two talks about before the son of perdition of the man of sin be revealed, there'll be a great falling away. Now, in that writing, it's not talking about the devil already has the non-believers out there. He already has them blinded. They're already slaves um, to them. They're the children of disobedience. You look at Ephesians chapter two, verse two, but on the contrary, what he's after is people who he lost a hold of, who professed faith in Jesus Christ, came in to Christ. He's looking to get them back out and turn them away and turn them over to a strong delusion. So um, here's Foster. Um, this is a headline within um, the Christian Post, which they did this article um, several several months ago. Um, she says, it says, the Vision Church of Atlanta, Georgia, it's a progressive congregation has added psychic medium who claims to commune with the dead to their staff. A medium falls under that umbrella. Being a medium allows me, this is false who's talking, to communicate with our loved ones who are departed. For me, it was very important that I was able to merge the two my love for God, my love for Jesus, but really I know I can heal through the ministry. So you mean to tell me that King Saul, one of the things that got him in trouble, he was definitely rejected by God because um, he was disobedient when God gave the commandment to go and destroy everything um, of the Amalekites, don't leave anything. And God rejected him, called David to be king over Israel, uh, told Samuel to stop praying for him and all, and an evil spirit started to come up on Saul, even though he's still God's anointed king. Eventually, he went and he sought a medium, and eventually what is, he ended up dying um, in a sense, and it talks about in the Chronicles that the main reason why the, eventually the ultimate judgment God brought against him was the consulting of a medium. But here we have here the Cara Foster stating that she can help heal people through contacting their dead loved ones, which is definitely contrary to the word of God. Um, definitely um, with the leadership of Vision Church, that's that's another lesson story within itself. Um, O.C. Allen, who is married to another man who has, I guess it's the first gentleman, but this is proof in the pudding that people are departing from the scriptures and embracing doctrines of devils. So you're seeing this more and more within churches because some is becoming more bold, some is a little bit more subtle, some, Keywords when people are like preaching and teaching something, law of attraction, um, other principles and other other things like that. Um, we're all we're all little gods. 
those are little subtle things within charismatic groups, within Pentecostals, within Word of Faith. They incorporate some occult things, but this is more bold. Um, what we're looking at here with um, the Vision Church and with um, Valerie Love and Calvin Witcher with the Christian Witches, it's much more bolder, but still one of the same is a departure from the scripture, whether it's subtle or whether it's bold, it's still um, all in God's eyes is false. Um, it's under sin, it's an abomination. Definitely Christian witches, they preach another Jesus and they preach another gospel. When we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse three through four, it says, but I fear least by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through her um, subtlety. So your mind should be corrupted from, or should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if he receive another spirit, which ye have not received, or another gospel, which ye have not accepted, ye might, ye might well bear with, all right? So definitely how things come in, the serpent comes in very subtle, begins to whisper things, and it ends up corrupting the mind where the teachings of Christ is very simplistic. So it's nothing hidden, it's very straightforward. Um, um, it, it comes, it sheds light on darkness. So when we look at the origins of satanic lies that Jesus was a sorcerer, Satan, this is a good picture because it says Satan is a liar. And it just amazes me what people or what some people will listen to and allow how a situation can get so twisted. So you have the serpents whispering in a person's ears and they can get things twisted. So let's look at how some of the formulation of the thinking of Calvin Witcher and Valerie Love of Jesus being a sorcerer. There's nothing, again, Solomon said in Ecclesiastics, there's nothing new under the sun, but there's proof that people were trying to say this hundreds, thousands of years ago um, in regards to Jesus being a sorcerer, which is totally contrary to the word of God because Jesus is the word that was made flesh. This is found in the Talmud. Jesus allegedly was a disciple of Rabbi um, Joshua ben Prakar. In this fable, Jesus had an altercation with the rabbi and revenge decided to learn witchcraft in Egypt to lead Israel into sin. Joshua ben Prakar lived in the second century BC, hundreds of years before Jesus was born. Not humanly possible that Jesus was the rabbi um, Joshua's disciple. So here you have the Talmud, which is definitely a contradiction. It contradicts that Jesus was a, um, a disciple of Rabbi Joshua ben Prakar, 
this is definitely a fable. If anything, when you look at Jesus' teachings, Jesus' miracles, it brought people closer to God the Father, Yahweh, the Father who sent him. It showed, it extended his grace, it showed his love. He always brought people much more closer and revealed the true purpose, unlike the Pharisees and Sadducees, they were caught up in the oral law, they were caught up in man-made traditions. They, they really can care less about the people, the general overall people who really needed to hear the word of God. They were more worried about their status and all. And primarily at that time, they, the, they really didn't follow the Torah, the, the, the writings of Moses and of the prophets, they followed the Zohar, they followed um, the Talmud, um, they followed a lot of the oral traditions and all, and the rabbis had more say than what the five books of Moses had to say and the prophets. So again, this is a definite contradiction because this rabbi lived during the second century BC. So uh, it can be humanly possible that that Jesus was his disciple and that definitely that Jesus came um, out of Egypt to lead Israel um, in a sin, which we never see happen throughout the gospels. We look at another, again, instance within the Talmud, um, the Jewish sages teach that sorcery is undone when brought into the contact with water. This contradicts that Jesus was a sorcerer in the Talmud. So this definitely contradicts that Jesus was a sorcerer in the Talmud for the very um, words of the or writings of the Talmud. The sages, they teach if a person makes contact with water, then sorcery can be undone. So true enough that Jesus was a sorcerer, he walked on water, so he wouldn't have been able to walk on water if he was a sorcerer. Um, he turned water into wine. That would have been undone. Um, he healed a blind man where um, he spit, which is liquid form water, um, put the mud, um, wet the mud, rubbed the mud into the man's eyes and healed him. All of this, again, if that's the case in point based on the Talmud, then um, Jesus definitely wasn't a sorcerer. On the contrary, it says he was, when the, um, but then it contradicts himself based on the writings of the Talmud says he's not. So it's evidently that he was not a sorcerer. This I found very interesting because the Pharisees try to accuse Jesus, um, the power that he was operating under on, was from demons. He says, this is found in Matthew chapter 12, verse 24 through 28, which reads, but when the Pharisees heard this, they said, this man cast out demons only by Bezabal, the ruler of demons. If Satan cast out Satan, this is Jesus replying back to him, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand but if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God 
has come upon you. So when we look at this and we look at the book of Acts, um, chapter 19, when the sons of Sceva were trying to exercise this demon out of this man and the demon ended up beating them out of, out of their clothes, they didn't have, number one, they were trying to use, incorporate the name of Jesus to cast out that demon, but they have no authority because they weren't followers of Christ. Um, they use, if you look at, during that time also too, you had Jews who practiced magic and other things and all, um, just like the pagans who tried to um, exercise or do exorcism of spirits out of people. They would go through all these invocations and um, other things and all, and invoking other more powerful spirits to drive the less powerful spirits out. You never saw Jesus go into a bunch of calling down angels or calling other gods or other spirits to drive out a demonic presence. That's what made him so different and stood out based on how he spoke in authority because God the Father had gave him the authority and he's walking in the power and the fullness of the Holy Spirit. He was able to cast out spirits. So nowhere that you see that Jesus incorporates sorcery or occult practices to cast out, to invoke other gods, to cast out demons. So again, this proves again that Jesus was not a sorcerer. Jesus did not walk um, in occult practices. Here we have um, pagan Greek philosopher um, Celsus said this, Jesus was poor. He hired himself out as a laborer in Egypt and there learned certain magical powers which the Egyptians are proud to have. He returned full of pride in these powers and gave himself the title of God. Um, this is found in against um, Celsius 1 and 28. So here you have um, Celsius stating the same thing, um, which we'll get into to the Gnostics had um, the same um, teaching that Jesus was a sorcerer. He learned all the occult magic and practices while down in Egypt. Now, even when you go back into Moses, Moses was raised as a prince of Egypt. God brought him out. We I don't want to go into the story. He ended up leaving, um, fleeing into the desert for 40 years. Um, God called him. Um, Moses went back. But Moses, the miracles that Moses worked was not based on sorcery or, or witchcraft. We see that Pharaoh's physicians tried to do things and they it couldn't compare it couldn't hold a candle to what Moses was able to do because Moses came in the power of the one and only living God Yahweh God the Father and also too it goes to say that scripture is true and first John 4 and 4 says greater than he that's in the world that he greater greater than me that's in the world than he that is in the world so 
when John is you know, when John is saying that that we have the power of the Holy Spirit that that dwells in it. So um, again, greater than He that's in uh, that's He that's in the world than He that's in in me. So we have the greater power. Let me turn to that scripture to make sure I am quoting that right. Then we'll continue to move on with our lesson. That's John 4. And I'm reading from the Hebrew version. It says, you children are from God and have overcome the false prophets because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Amen. So let's move on. Now, this is the writings from the Aquarian Gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, Lost years of Jesus in Asia. Insofar as the Aquarian Gospel was presented as report of Jesus' formative years, one of the precursors of the occult literature circulating at the time was the Theophysis, Theosophysis, um, Franz Hartmann's 1888 admitted allegory that the life of Jeshua, or Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth, an occult study and a key to the Bible containing the history of the initiate, Hartman depicted Jesus as a traveling to Egypt to learn magical secrets and being initiated into a secret brotherhood there. Dowling's book has Jesus journeying to Egypt, Greece, Persia, and to the far Asia, in particular to India and Tibet. The Aquarian Gospel describes in chapter 36, Jesus somehow being welcomed into the temple, Elisha, that in fact could not have been built for at least another five or six centuries. So this temple claiming people, because you hear that, that Jesus, he went and he learned um, either in Egypt or he went over to India and he learned from all the gurus, um, all this secret knowledge and all these other things and all. And that's how he's able to obtain his power and his miracles. It's definitely contradicts. It's not humanly possible that Jesus did this within this quote unquote temple because that temple was built at least another five or six centuries um, well after the fact. So no, Jesus didn't go down to Egypt and learn the different mysteries, the occult mysteries and all, to learn all the uh, techniques of sorcery. And no, Jesus, Jesus never went over into India um, to learn from the gurus to all this Eastern um, religion and all. It's, Again, it's contradiction, not even just in to time and history, among other things and all. Gnostic teachings, Jesus learned magic in Egypt. Um, find um, heretics, Gnostic sources say that Jesus was a musician. Now I want to go into what real hardcore Satanists and Wiccans have to say about white and black magic because 
um, you look at people as we started this lesson in regards to Valerie Love and Calvin Witcher, and you look at even people that say that they practice, well, I do white magic, I do stuff that's good. It's not black magic and all. But we look at this quote, what Anton LaVey, the founder of Church of Satan had to say um, about white and black magic. This is what he said. He said, white magic is supposedly utilized only for good are unselfish purposes. And black magic, we are told, is used for only for selfish or evil reasons. Satanism draws no such dividing line. There is no difference between white and black magic except in the smug hypocrisy, guilt-written righteousness, and self-deceit of a white musician himself. So he says there's no difference. So it's just like telling a lie. Well, I told a white lie. A lie is a lie. If I tell, um, even it talks about in the book of Revelation that all liars will have their place in the lake of fire. So rather I tell a big lie I or I tell a small little lie, it's a lie is a lie and it's, it's one and the same. Witchcraft is all one and the same, whether it's white magic or or are black magic. So magic is magic. So let's move on. Here is a quote from um, Doreen Valentine, um, which she's a Wiccan high priestess that had more influence on Wicca than any other woman admitted. She says the distinction between black and white magic has no validity. So here is a high-ranking Wiccan high priestess says there's no distinction between white and black magic. There's no validity at all. So let's look at scriptures. What does the Bible truly say about the occult witchcraft? Micah 3 and 7 says, Then shall the seers be ashamed, and the diviners confounded, yea, they shall all cover their lips, for there is no answer of God. Jeremiah chapter 27, verse 9, Therefore hearken unto ye, to your prophets, nor to your diviners, nor to your dreamers, nor to your enchanters, nor to your sorcerers, which speak unto you, saying, Ye shall not serve the king uh, Babylon. So here's Jeremiah is telling you, he's, he's telling you within the scriptures, don't hearken unto these false prophets, people, these people that are dealing with in the occult arts of being a diviners or dreamers or enchanters or nor sorcerers. So he says, don't even have an ear to hear what they even have to say. Malachi 3 and 5. And I will come near to you to judgment, and I will be swift witness against the sorcerers, against the adulterers, against the false swears, against those that oppress the hireling in his wages, the widow, the fatherless, and that and that turn aside the stranger from his right, and fear not me, said the Lord of hosts. 
Nahum 3 and 4, because of the multitudes of the whoredoms of the well-favored harlot, the mistress of witchcraft that selleth the nations through her whoredoms and families through her witchcrafts. Acts chapter 19, verse 17 through 19. This became known to all, both Jew and Greeks, who lived in Ephesus, and fear fell upon them, and the name of the Lord Jesus was being magnified, and many also who those who had believed kept coming, confessing and disclosing their practices. And many of those who practiced magic brought their books together and began burning them in the sight of everyone, and they counted up the price of them, and they found it 50,000 pieces of silver. So here's what happened in Ephesus. Um, several things happened. This is the same um, scripture where the sons of Sceva get beat halfway out of their clothes um, by this demon spirit that they try to exercise. And the people in Ephesus, they see the moving of, and the power of the Holy Spirit moving through Paul and Barnabas. I believe it was Paul and Barnabas or, or Paul and Saul. Nevertheless, Paul was there. And they begin confessing and disclosing their occult practices and they came under conviction, not condemnation. They came under conviction and repentance. And through their repentance, they began to burn their books. So this contradicts even what we were looking at earlier with um, Calvin Witcher was saying that the Bible is a book of sorcery. It's a um, Grigamore. Um, it's, you know, Jesus is a sorcerer. As you can see, these folks who, which in Ephesus, if you do a study of it, um, they worship the goddess, um, the goddess Diana or Artemis. And this was an epicenter of occult practices that took place um, full of magic and other things and all. Um, they came under the lordship of Jesus Christ where they no longer wanted to practice uh, their magical arts and they put forth the fruit of repentance was burning these books and no longer going after those practices, but following, um, following, um, being a follower of, of Jesus. First Corinthians 10, verse 20 through 22. But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that ye should have fellowship with devils. Ye cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. Ye cannot be partakers of the Lord's table, the table of devils. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? So you can't drink the cup of witchcraft and the cup of the Lord. Yet the it has to be one or the other. You can't, you can't blend the two together. So that's pretty much what this scripture is saying. 
Revelation chapter 9, verse 20 through 21 says, And the rest of mankind who were killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, so as not to worship so as not to worship demons and to the idols of gold and silver and of brass and of stone and of wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murderers, nor of their sorceries, nor of their immorality, nor of their theft. So this scripture is, is primarily, it's something that's going to occur during, in the future during the Great Tribulation. When judgment is coming up on, it mentions sorcery. So people are not going to repent of their murders, nor their sorceries, nor the immorality of their thefts. So if indeed I'm a Christian um, sorcerer, it contradicts scripture because continuously through the Old Testament and the New Testament, it talks against the works of sorcery and witchcraft. Um, Revelation 21 and 8 says, But for the cowardly and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and immoral persons and sorcerers and adulterers and all liars, their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through 21 says, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, fairness, immolation, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, ravelings, and such like of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So anybody that that follows these works, continuously practices these works, will not inherit heaven, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Final scripture, Revelation 22, verse 14 through 15. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and adulterers, idolaters, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. So all these people will have their part in the lake of fire. They will not have a part in the new Jerusalem and the kingdom of God. Um, that's the end of the lesson. I will say if you are a Christian witch or you're just a regular witch and all, um, Jesus came and he died for your sin. There's no sin that's so big enough that uh, he's able to conquer it. Um, you come to repentance, you need to re renounce um, the occult practices that you've been involved in. Uh, you need to find a Bible-believing church um, that will disciple you and lead you into um, baptism in water, baptism in the Holy Spirit, um, even guide you through um, some deliverance 
and all so that you may be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Um, this is not here to alienate anybody, to show you that the love uh, of Jesus is offered to you and it's better to receive him now than, than later because every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord of Lords, King of Kings. God bless. This is the Anton Chauffeur channel.